Yeah, we love the hymns and the songs that we were raised on, but we love Maverick City too. We love, so there has to be a variety and certainly we thank God that our praise team can do it all. Our musicians can do it all because we have multiple generations that are in our church. Let's give them a big clap off in the praise, amen. All right, y'all may be seated for just a moment. Somebody say next Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, y'all. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Yes, Lord. And so next Sunday, y'all, we celebrate big. It's the day that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was birthed. Jesus said in Matthew 16, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. And so it's the church's birthday. We're going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we're asking everybody to wear all white next Sunday. It's an all white affair next Sunday. Come on in here. Let's have a good time and we're going to praise the Lord real good on next Sunday. Has some a lot of good things planned, but again, we want you to come in and let's bless the Lord next Sunday. What color are you wearing next Sunday? All white. Why are we wearing white? Because the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit came down, it came down like a, as a dove. And we know that the Holy Spirit also represents purity. Amen. Can you wear a white dress? <laughs> We're recognizing that it's coming for purity. So we want to make sure again that next Sunday we are celebrating the presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, we're all white. Then uh, also for those who have joined our church, we were supposed to have starting point last week. Um, but we, uh, Lady Swan and I, were out of town. And so we're going to move it to this Wednesday. So if you need to come to starting point with Lady Swan and I, it will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Uh, same information as last week. We will see you on next this upcoming Wednesday at 6 p.m. And then finally, don't forget, right after church, we do have baptisms. So please don't rush out. Let's go to the sanctuary. Let's celebrate those who are going to be baptized on today. Now, this is still May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm going to show you a quick video, and then we'll be on our way. Everyone should do. Self-care is not selfish, and it is one way we can care for our mental health. Taking care of your emotional well-being is just as important as taking care of your body because they work together to keep you healthy. Self-care is something you do daily or weekly that focuses on the whole you. This looks different for everyone, so try some things out and see what's best for you. My granny always told me, baby, when you're feeling like you're in a funk, try to do something you don't normally do. So I take her advice and like try to get out of my routine, you know? So if I've been slammed with stuff and just been really busy, I like to get out of the house, get some air and just listen to my favorite music. Sometimes I'll hop online and play some games with my friends. We'll complain about school, talk about people that we're cool with, people that irritate us, whatever's on our mind. Lately, we've definitely been talking about the pandemic and how life has been going. I tell them that what we do, talking to each other, is self-care. And they laugh about it. They give me a hard time, but I think they're warming up to it. It's taking a break from everything that stresses you out. You do things you like. You maybe write down your feelings, or you talk to your favorite person, 
or you could even just take a nap, eat, do whatever makes you feel comfortable before you have to jump back into the stress of everyday life. It feels good to do something that makes me feel good, you know? It can be as simple as taking a deep breath or learning a breathing exercise that helps you calm down when you're stressed. Self-care can also be practicing gratitude, like keeping a journal of things you are grateful for or happy about, even just saying something nice to a stranger. You can get in touch with your artistic side or do something like joining a new community or activity. Or if you're doing too many things, self-care can be saying no to something that you don't want to or cannot do. Because our well-being is connected, self-care for your mental health can also be something physical, like walking outside for 15 to 30 minutes a day, or sticking to a regular sleep schedule. If you have trouble falling asleep at night, try listening to calming noises or staying away from electronics before bed. Sleep is essential to self-care, and getting outside or exercising can help you sleep better at night. If you've been feeling sad, angry, anxious, overly tired, lonely, anything, there are things you can do to help yourself feel better. If you're facing any difficulties with your mental health and your sense of well-being, it's important to take care of yourself. You can always reach out for support, whether that's from a friend or a professional. Connecting with others is a big part of self-care. Remember to do what makes you happier and find things that make you feel better. And make sure that what makes you happy is still healthy behaviors. Don't be afraid to enjoy yourself. The COVID-19 pandemic has made it clear that practicing self-care has an important and positive impact as we get used to a new normal. While self-care is important and helpful, it can't always solve all of your problems. So sometimes you might have to reach out for other support. There are many resources available to you. The first step to self-care is to find what works best for you. So I want to mention one of the things that um, we don't talk about is that uh, during the pandemic, and I know that we are coming out of it and people are much more confident now of being around other people and engaging in publics uh, post-COVID, but it's still a new normal for a lot of people, just figuring out how to navigate space. And one of the challenges of COVID that people don't talk about was the length of time that we were in isolation, separated from others and not really able to connect and be around other people, which the video talks about helps us in our mental health. Let me clarify that. Not just being around people, being around the right people. Because you can be around people that can take your mental health places they don't need to go. And so that's also what happened during the COVID period when everybody was at home and you couldn't leave. Some people, they had good homes, environments where they could thrive in a COVID season because you're getting along with everybody and everybody's fine. But that wasn't the case for everybody. And so coming out of that now is understanding our new normal and how do we orient. So if you heard the video, the video talked about finding what works best for you, but what should be included and whatever works best for you is, again, exercising, it clears your mind. Getting a good amount of sleep also helps you in your mental state. The video talked about, you got to be careful, y'all. I know we like to watch TV and, and we're on our phones and all of that kind of thing, but those things keep us alert, keeps your mind alert, so it, it prevents you from falling asleep faster. So the goal should be that you should avoid TV or anything electronic for at least 30 to 45 minutes before you plan to go to bed. 
So in other words, if your bedtime is 10 o'clock, 9, 9.15, you should be cutting everything off to give your mind a chance to settle down so that you can have a good amount of sleep. So exercise and sleep, being around others are all things that can help us, the right people, being around the mental. But there was one other thing that the video mentioned that I want to do a quick exercise on that I think is very important. The video talked about practicing gratitude, that we feel better when we think of things that we're thankful for, as opposed to just always spending time on what's not right and who's treating you wrong and what's wrong with the job and what's wrong with life. What also helps our mental is to take some time to thank, be thankful for what's going right in our life. And we know that everything ain't going right, but everything ain't going wrong either. And we ought to have some opportunities. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple of minutes. So, I need everybody to stand. I need everybody to stand. Everybody to stand. And look, don't sit down until I tell y'all. All right? I don't care how tired you get. Hold on to the chair. Stand up. All right? Tell your neighbor, give me some space. Give me some space. Give me some space. Because here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to show your appreciation, the things that you are grateful for, that God has blessed you with, that you are glad, that you ought to be running down a list of things that you ought to be thankful for. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but you ought to be thankful. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. One, two, three, go. Come on, somebody. Give God thanks. Come on, I need you to give God a praise that says I'm thankful. No, I need you to open your mouth too and say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for eyes to see, for ears to hear, for legs to stand on. Thank you that I got warm blood flowing through my veins. Now, you ain't worried about money right now. This ain't about your boo right now. This ain't about your job. Come on, I need you to give God thanks. Come on, express your gratitude. For all that the Lord has done, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. It's hard to be thankful and nasty at the same time. It's hard to be thankful and worried at the same time. It's hard to be thankful and anxious at the same time. What you did in that 30 seconds is that you chose to be grateful. You chose to be thankful. You chose to focus on what God can do, not worried about what he hasn't done yet. I'm going to give you 15 more seconds. Some people still need to push that thing. Come on, push that gratefulness out of you. Push that thanksgiving out of you. I know you ain't feeling well. Thank them anyhow. I know the money ain't there. Thank them anyhow. I know there's sickness in the family. Thank him anyhow. 
Hallelujah. 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 When I think about all that he's done for me, hallelujah. The worst thing that we can be is ungrateful Christians. Thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, God, for my family still being intact. Thank you, God, that nobody you called home last night. Thank you that it wasn't an alarm clock that woke me up. Thank you that it was your grace and mercies that I woke up to today. They're new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that I got here safely. Wasn't in a car accident. Not I'm stuck on the side of the road. Thank you that I woke up today in my bed. Not in a hospital. Not in the cemetery. Come on, you got some things. Hey, God. I know you need stuff. I know you're still wanting stuff. I know you're still praying for stuff. I need you to thank him like you already got it right now. Thank him that you know that blessing is here. If you had it in your hand, how would you act? Praise him right now because of that. I'm thanking him right now for the good health report. I'm thanking him right now for the better job. I'm thanking him right now for putting my family back together. I'm thanking him right now for keeping my mind in perfect peace. Hey, God. Time out for being a complaining saint. Time out for everybody always seeing the glass half empty. I need some people that can see possibility. I need some people that can know that even though it ain't right right now, I still trust that God can make a way out of no way. So I'm going to be grateful. This ain't even the preach word. I'm just... This is how we ought to walk in every single week. Do you know... Hold on one, Devon. Let me just talk to them for one minute. Do you know... How many things God had to block for you to get here today? Do you know how many angels had to move stuff out of the way? Because maybe something was aimed right at you. But God held it up so you could still walk in who God has called you to be. I need some thankful people to open their mouth and say, thank you, Lord. That's why I told you, tell your neighbor, give me some space. I, I got I to gotta throw up a hand on this one. I, I got to throw up a hand. I got to run around here. I got to do something because uh, I'm just grateful in this moment. I'm shifting my mind because too much of the things that we think about are negative and things that cause doubt and confusion. And the Lord said, I'm not an author of confusion. I am an author of peace. So when I start thinking on him and I start thanking him, all the doubts start going away because I realize who I am now in God.
Deacon Little, I hear you. Keep praising them. I need about five others that I need to hear. You say thank you. Let me hear you say thank you. Let me hear from the stage you say thank you. I'm practicing gratitude. I got to practice it. Because it's not always something that I do. Sometimes I wake up and I'm mad. I wake up and I'm complaining. I'm waking, fussing. No, I ain't going to do that no more. I'm going to wake up. Thank you, Lord. How dare we come in and act like God was supposed to do it? How dare we come in so casually and just come in and sit down and don't even tell the Lord? No wonder our minds are messed up. No wonder there's so many saints that are heavy laden and burdened. But I believe the scripture said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and what will I give you? I'll, I'll make sure you sleep good. I'm not going to take the burden away, but I'll still make sure you sleep good. So I'm just thankful. Practicing gratitude. Got to practice it. So that means every day, this is your assignment. Your assignment every day is to take some time to focus on what's right. To focus on what's going well. To focus on what God can do. You shouldn't start your conversations all the time with child. It's our faith that causes us to be thankful because we know we serve an awesome God. Somebody say amen. amen. While you're standing, let's go ahead and show some love to some other people. Tell them I love you. Glad to see you in the house of the Lord today. Glad to see you.
15 seconds. Online, we love y'all. I'm giving you a group hug online. My online crew, here's my hug to y'all. 10 seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, y'all, come on back to me. Y'all, come on back before I lose you for good. While you're standing to your feet, I thank y'all. Y'all, at least 80% of y'all listen to what I said. John chapter 15 and Acts chapter 1. John chapter 15, Acts chapter 1. John 15, 26 says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and, they will, and will testify all about me. You must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's good enough. Before you take your seat, tell your neighbor, this is the only time I'm going to ask you. Say, neighbor, tell it like it is. Amen. You may be seated. Some folks say, tell it like your T.I. is. Father, if you would now, please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, God. You are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, amen. Before I get into the, the text, I, I do want to share that uh, for this month of May, we've been teaching on the Holy Spirit. From, uh, and I believe that the teaching is necessary because of Pentecost, obviously next Sunday. As I've said many times before, when we talk about the triune God and how our God operates, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, without a doubt, God the Holy Spirit gets the short end of the stick in terms of understanding who the Spirit is, what the role of the Spirit is. So we've been looking at this uh, Holy Spirit from the perspective of Jesus, not from ours. We know about the fruit of the Spirit. and We claim that Ivy is a fruit-first church. Fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That all of us are called to be a fruit-first ministry. Jesus said... 
you shall know them, being believers, by the fruit that they bear. And so therefore, the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit we are familiar with. We're also familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, which I preached a series last year on the gifts of the Spirit. If you are a child of God and every believer has been assigned or given at least one spiritual gift. However, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit, both of those are written by Paul. A Pauline epistle. Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians and other places, we hear the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus did not mention either one of those. So I'm, I'm doing this series from the perspective of how did Jesus describe the role of the Holy Spirit. Somebody's mic is on. How did Jesus describe the role of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus promised to send the Spirit after he left. So it's important that we, we begin to learn the Spirit from his vantage point, not just our own. So before I answer that question, I also want you to understand as, as your pastor, I want to remind you of what my heart is and what my approach is uh, to ministry. I know that when most people come to church, most people are wanting to hear and receive what God is going to do. And that is important because we have to have faith in God. If people are sick, we need to have faith in God that God can heal them. If we're in a difficult circumstance, we have to have faith in God that God can also deliver us from whatever that is. So what I know to be true is that most sermons and most things, even on social media that are posted, and sometimes even are sung in church that get the most or the greatest response from people, is around the thought of what God is going to do that gets us excited. And I'm excited because there are things in my life that I need God to do that no one else can. So I'm excited about that part. However, there's a danger in staying there too long. Because if we just stay on the side of God doing it, then that also negates my responsibility that I have to do some things too. And so I know that those types of sermons and messages are not as popular because that puts some responsibility back on me. But I liken it to a relationship. If you're in a relationship with somebody you don't want to be the only one that's doing everything. That's a hard relationship to be in when you're feeling like you going to work, paying the bills, they on the couch when you leave. And they waving to you by and say, I'll see you when you get back. Now, I'm not knocking that if that's the arrangement that you all have made for your relationship. But if you expect, for example, 50-50 out of the relationship where the other person does their part and you do your part, it's not going to sit well for you for long 
if you grinding and doing your part and you look over on the other side and they ain't doing nothing, then they ain't going to sit well with you. So that's my approach for how I look at the text too. If it doesn't sit well with me that I'm doing all the work, then why do we think it's going to sit well with God? If God feels like he's doing all the work. So we need to understand that that's my approach to ministry. My approach to ministry is balanced. It is not only can God do it, yes he can. That's why we like won't he do it. But we also got to be on the side of we got to do some things too. Because it has to be in a relationship, both sides doing their part. And so if you understand that, that's why I'm, I, I preach and I'm passionate not just about what God does. I'm passionate about what we do. Because you can only get so far with God with just depending on God doing everything and you not doing anything. There's a part we play too. There's some growth we have to have too. And here's what I know to be true, and now I'm going to get into the text. Every, everything that we really are passionate about, the things that we really value, here's what I know to be true. The things that we really are passionate about in our life, you're going to make time for it. You're going to spend money on it. And you're going to make sure other people around you know what it is that you like. So if you're passionate about other things that you spend time on and you spend money on and you let other people know about, where does God fit in that equation? Because if you say you love God, and we come in here and we say he's the head of my life, where does God fall in terms of the time you give, the money you invest, and letting other people know this is a priority in your life. Or are we just saying that God is head of my life, but my actions don't match that? And by the way, if you think that making God a priority is coming here for an hour and a half, Let me put it another way. If you say you want to lose weight and you work out an hour and a half a week, how that going to work for you? Whatever it is that you got a goal with, do you think you can accomplish the goal 90 minutes a week? So if the answer is no, then why do we think it's going to work that way with God? So whatever's a priority, you got to put time in, you got to invest in, you got to show support in, you got to let other people know I'm serious about this. And so I'm saying all of that to say, I want to read for you, because we were in John 15, verse 26, 20, 26 and 27. I want to read for you, though, because it's dangerous to just read two verses and not understand the context of what is also being said. 
This is why so many people jack up scripture. Because they take one verse and they twist up the verse without considering the context of what was being said. Bill, can you put on the screen John 15, starting at verse 18 for me, please? So I read for you earlier verse 26 and 27. But I want to read for you now verses 18 to 25. And I'm going to tell you why I said what I said earlier about what I'm going to say now in reading this. Jesus said here, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of his own if you belong to it. But you're no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me naturally, they're going to persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They would do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had come, if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without a cause. And he's quoting Psalm 69 and 4 right there. But here's the point I want to make. On the heels of Jesus saying, I'm going to send you the Spirit, he also says... You got to know, as we talk about kingdom over culture, that if you're serious about this walk, you committed to putting time in and resources in and do it, ain't nobody out there going to like you for it. So if you are seeking validation, you ain't going to get it out there. Because here's what Jesus is saying. If the culture didn't like me. Then the culture, sure enough, ain't going to like you. And so therefore, I'm saying this to you all to say. If you come to church simply to be blessed, but you don't understand that part of being blessed means there are going to be some folk that just ain't going to like you. This is how you have to decide how you want to live your life. Because if you're going to live your life trying to get along with everybody, that ain't going to happen. And part of it is dealing with sometimes, are y'all ready for this, people in our family. Because you come to church and they don't. Because you're trying to live for God and they don't. Because you're trying to move in a different direction. And they're trying to remind you of everything you used to do. If the world hated me, this is what Jesus said, then you got to know if you claim to rock with me, they ain't going to like you either. And you got to be comfortable enough. This is why I'm saying to y'all, do y'all really want this? Do you really want what comes with this? Because it's more than just being healed that comes with this. 
What comes with this is sometimes your crew that you used to rock with when you was a kid that can't rock with you no more because you have decided to move in a different direction. Is this what you want? Sometimes it's family members who become distant because they don't understand how you roll now. Is this what you want? He said, because if the world hated you, he hated me. And Jesus said, I showed up and did miracles among them, and they still didn't believe me or the Father who sent me. So I'm just kind of giving you a heads up. If I came in the flesh and I healed their family members and they still didn't believe, what makes you think they're going to believe you? Now, on the heels of that, now I'm ready to preach. On the heels of that context, he says in John 15, 26, but I am going to sin. And this is the title that Jesus gives for the Holy Spirit in John 14 and in John 15. He said, but now I'm going to send an advocate. This is where you ought to show. So let me review real quick. What is an advocate? In John 14 and in John 15, he gives this word four times. What is an advocate? First slide for them to see, please. Thank you. The word advocate here is paracleto, where we get paraclete or paracleto. It means literally one who intercedes, one who comforts, one who encourages. So here's what Jesus is saying. The solution to the world not liking you, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to encourage you. The solution to your family members distancing themselves from you because they don't know how to rock with you now, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to intercede for you. The, the solution to people on their job who don't know how it is that you roll and, and how it is that you're going to be because you made the decision to want to walk with God, I'm going to send a person that's going to comfort you, that's going to tell you everything is going to be all right, that's going to tell you keep your head up, that's going to tell you trouble don't last always. That's going to tell you weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. When the culture beats you down, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to help put the pieces back together. And what we discover then is that this advocate... This Holy Spirit, as Jesus is describing, but out of his mouth, he says thus far, this is what we've learned in John 14, that the Holy Spirit's role is to do four things. Four things. Y'all take a picture of that. Four things that the Holy Spirit's role is to do. Number one, the Holy Spirit's role, according to Jesus in John 14, 16, is to always be with you. You missed your shout. Let me see if this makes sense again. Um, because see, y'all thought about sin when I just said that, right? Uh, if Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is always going to be with us, then that means that we will always have somebody to encourage us, to comfort us, and to intercede for us. When nobody else is around, there's one that I can count on that will stick with me closer than a brother. 
and that is the Holy Spirit who Jesus said will never leave us. I'm so glad that he promised never to leave me. People will leave you. People will walk out on you. As soon as they get what they want, they'll walk out the door. But I'm so glad there's one who says whether you got money or not, whether you got a job or not, whether you got the right stuff or not, I'm going to stick with you till the end. So number one, Jesus said that the role of the Holy Spirit is to never leave us. He's always going to be present. Number two, the role of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into all truth. I rebuke that lying spirit in Jesus' name. Because it's the Spirit's job to remind you and me you know goodness well what you just said ain't true. You know how you walking ain't in the line of God. And sometimes we say to ourselves, is it my conscience? Is it my thoughts? No. That's the spirit of God tapping you. You know you better than this. So the Holy Spirit's role, number one, is to never leave us. Number two is to lead us into all truth. Number three, in John 14, 26, Holy Spirit's role is to teach us everything that Jesus has commanded. That means you cannot, I cannot understand the presence of the Holy Spirit. I can't understand Jesus. I can't understand the Bible. I can't understand God. I can't even understand church unless the Holy Spirit teaches me now the question isn't whether the Holy Spirit can teach you the real question is do you want to be taught because ladies want everybody come to church don't want to be taught a lot of people come to church because they want what they want and they just want God to co-sign it and then when God said I can't co-sign that because I can't walk in truth by what you're asking me to do then they get mad at God and stop coming. Holy Spirit's role is to teach you everything. And then the last one is the Holy Spirit's role is to remind you of everything that Jesus has told. He, I don't know if this ever happened to y'all, but it happens to me often sometimes when, when I'm going through something and I'm trying to figure something out and out of nowhere a scripture will come. And the scripture just brings me back down. Now, if that's never happened to you, <laughs> then that means the, the spirit ain't got nothing to draw from. You can shout. But you better read. Because when you done shouting, the enemy is still there saying, are you finished? And some things the enemy throws your way cannot be shouted away. But Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away. 
but my word will never pass away. So the more word that is in me, the more the spirit can pull from to remind me when I'm going through. Trouble don't last always. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why? For thou art with me. Thou rod and thou staff, they do comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup. Surely, I ain't got no money. Surely. I see, I see bills. Surely, some people are sick. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when I'm done here, I'm going to walk on streets of pure gold. I'm going to see water clear as crystal. I'm going to walk with the king. That's why you got to read and not just read but the Bible says you should study to show thyselves approved unto God a worker that be not ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth because when you read and you study not just shout when you're going through something the, the spirit going to pull a scripture bring it back to your mind and give you the encouragement and the comfort to keep on going. So this is what Jesus said is the role of the Holy Spirit. To never leave us. To lead us into all truth. To teach us everything. And then to remind us of everything that Jesus said. If you don't know what Jesus said, how can he remind you? Grandma used to say, whatever's in the well going to come up. That grandma. So now I'm into today and we get the fifth role of the Holy Spirit. The fifth role in the Holy Spirit is found in John chapter 15, verse 26. After I told you about the culture and the craziness, Jesus said, but I'm going to send the advocate, the spirit of truth. Watch this. Whom the Father will send, who will then speak of me. That's what John 15, 26 says. Give me a two-minute moment for Bible study. Do you all see now how the triune God is working? It's all in this verse. God Father, God Son, God the Holy Spirit. God Father 
sends God the Holy Spirit. God Holy Spirit then helps to testify about Jesus. Father sends Spirit. Spirit talks about the Son. All three are working together. And we see the fifth role in the text that Jesus said the Holy Spirit's role is, is that the Spirit's role is to testify. All about Jesus. So God the Father sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit for those of us who gave our life to Jesus and the purpose and the role of the Holy Spirit is to testify about Jesus Christ. What does it mean then to testify? Testify here in the Greek is martel and what it means is to provide information about a person or about an event, are you ready for this? From direct knowledge. You see if this makes sense. God sent the Spirit to testify about Jesus. That's his role for us. To testify means to share information about a person or an event with direct knowledge. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know, what I have seen, what I have heard. And the Spirit is testifying to us about what he has seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Now that's the role. So now there's a fifth role. Let me review and then I'm going to come to us. So number one, Spirit is to never leave us. That's John 14, 16. Number two, the Spirit is to lead us into all truth. That's John 14, 17. The Spirit is to teach us. That's John 14, 26. That is to also remind us of all things concerning him. That is John 14, 26 again. And now the fifth role is that the Spirit's role in John 15, 26 is to testify about the goodness of Jesus. Now comes our part. Because in verse 27, here's what Jesus said. And you must also testify. <laughs> and you must also testify about Jesus because he's saying to them, because you were with me from the beginning. This responsibility was not just for the disciples. This responsibility was for every person that accepted Jesus as their Lord. We have a responsibility, y'all ready for this, to share what Jesus has done. And I'm not telling you what I heard. When I talk about Jesus, I'm telling you what he's done for me.
I'm telling you how he's helped me. I'm telling you how he opened doors for me. I'm telling you how he made ways out of no way. Now here's what I've told y'all many times before. You may not know a lot of scripture. And I know sometimes in this generation people want to come at you and want to throw you off your game with scripture. We know uh, the witness comes to the houses. And we know sometimes y'all get nervous when they come to the house. They knock on the doorbell, they stand outside in the driveway. You looking at them through your blinds. Why are we scared of the witness? We're scared of the witness because they know more about their stuff than we know about ours. But the one thing that can't nobody knock you off your game about is what the Lord has done for you. I might not know everything in John, but here's what I do know. When I didn't have money and a bill was due, out of nowhere, something came in the mail and I got every bill paid and I had food on the table and clothes on my back. I might not know everything in Revelation, but when I prayed for my mama, when she had cancer, God healed her body. I might not know everything in Genesis, but when I look at my wife and she is healed from cancer, I know that there's a God somewhere. I need about five people that want to say, I might not know everything, but this is what I know, that when he walks with me, when he talks with me, when he helps me, he can do what no... So watch this. Jesus shared this. Y'all be seated. I got five minutes more, please, y'all. Y'all, y'all ready to run? Y'all gotta excuse me. I gotta tell you what he's done for me. When, when, when Jesus shared this in John 15, it was the night before. He was about to be crucified. He said, you better testify of me. Now I'm over in Acts 1, where we read early. In Acts 1, Jesus had already been crucified. He died, buried, and was resurrected. He's having a meal with the disciples again on the other side of the resurrection. In Acts 1, they ask him a question. Jesus, are you now going to restore the kingdom of God to Israel? Because even though the disciples saw him die and saw him raised, they still believe that he was going to institute a physical kingdom on the earth. Jesus said in verse 7, it ain't for you to know when that's going to happen. The only one that knows is daddy. He said, but this is what you need to be concerned with. But you will receive power. When do I get this power? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. This Holy Ghost that comforts me, that encourages me, 
that intercedes for me, that never leaves me, that teaches me all truth, that teaches me everything I need to know, that makes sure that I'm walking in his will. He said, this Holy Spirit gives power. And then he said, after that, after you get the power, and you will be my witnesses. So watch this. In John 15, 26, he said, you will testify. 27, you will testify. In Acts 1, he said, you will be my witness. Y'all ready for this? The same root word, testify, is the same root word for witness. The same instructions he gave before he died is the same instructions he gave after he was raised. And that is our responsibility so that God ain't doing it all is to tell others about the goodness of Jesus. Stop being scared. Stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to wonder if they're going to accept you. Stop trying to act like what they're going to say about you or discredit you. Can't nobody discredit your own testimony. And if they don't like it, it's on them. But as long as you know what he did for you, what he did for your family, what he did for your house, what he did on your job, what he did in your body, as long as you know what he did, can't nobody take that. So I need everybody to stand. This is part of the sermon. This ain't the end. I got to tell y'all that because y'all be ready to go home, huh? Oh, we standing now. All the call. I'm getting my stuff. Let me get my stuff. It's time to go. I need you to find real quick. It can't be long. I need you to find three people. And I just need you to tell them what the Lord has done for you. Testify. Go. Devon, give me some testify music, please. Online, put your testimony in the chat. Put your testimony in the chat. What has the Lord done for you? Testify. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. He healed me. He helped me. He delivered me. He set me free. He took the scales off my eyes. He opened doors that nobody could. Come on, you got 15 more seconds. Testify. You shall be a witness 
Somebody ought to get happy on somebody else's testimony. Five, four, three, two. If you were blessed by what you heard, somebody else, somebody give God praise. Tell him I'm praising him now for your story. What he did for you. Not what he did for me. I get joy when I think about it. I get happy when I think about it. Hey. You got to testify. I need some witnesses. What Jesus said. Starting in Jerusalem. That means your family. Your family need to hear it. Whether they want to hear it or not. At the dinner table. You stop before you eat. And you have a prayer time. Father, I want to thank you for danger seen. Yes, sir. You got to learn how to give God praise in Jerusalem and in Judea. That's your neighbors and your co-workers. In Samaria are the people who don't look like you, act like you, talk like you, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me testify real quick. Yes, this week, y'all know the story. Lady Swan and I will bless our firstborn camera. Graduated from George Mason on Thursday. She majored in dance. And what y'all don't realize is that when she was born, we had to take her to the doctor. And the doctor said, um, we're not certain because of something in her hip. We're not certain um, if she's ever going to walk straight. So when she was young, we had to put this, this medical brace around her. It was at her hips, and it, it, it helped to strengthen and lengthen her legs. And she had to walk kind of like this um, for a period of time. And the doctors was like, we're not sure if she's ever going to be able to walk straight. And then when I look at her now, and she's dancing and jumping, one of 20 dancers to make the program from across the country. Don't tell me that there ain't no God. I need some folk up in here that want to testify about the goodness of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, excuse me, I got to run a little bit. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus, and he's a wonder worker. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a deliverer. He's an old time God. I gotta give him. Y'all been praying for my dad. Let me testify. You've been praying for him. When is he coming back? Well, he has the reason why he hasn't been here is because he's had sickness in his leg. He's had a wound in his leg from an accident that he had. And the wound was like this, y'all. It was about this long. And and the doctors was like, we don't know how. Um, we're going to be able to do this because if the wound doesn't get healed properly, then that means that it's leading to infection. If it leads to infection, uh, then that means we may have to consider some other sources of treatment, possible amputation. We prayed for my dad. 
He went to the doctor on Wednesday. Doctor took the bandage off. He said the, the wound is the smallest that we've ever seen it. Sister Melanie, thank you. Brother Burwell, thank you. In, a, in about a month or two, he said, I'm coming back into the church because I got a testimony to tell. I'm just telling some people in the house, if you know what God can do, this ain't what I've seen. This ain't what somebody told me. This is what I know to be true. I need you to give. I need you to testify about the goodness of the Lord because he did some things that nobody else could do. This is our responsibility. We have to tell it like it is. Stop being scared if they don't want to hear or how they're going to think about you afterwards. Because they can't do for you what God just did for you. I just got to give him praise. And you shall testify about me. Because you was with me. But when the Holy Ghost comes, you shall receive power. And you shall be my witnesses, sharing first-hand direct knowledge of what God has done in Jerusalem don't give up on your family don't give up on them at the right time God can use you to give them the right word And this is how you avoid getting churchy. You ain't got to take them to the Bible. Just take them to your story. I know who I was before. I know who I am now. He did this. Judea some neighbors that need to hear your story. Samaria. We get nervous when we talk about people, uh, two people sometimes that don't look like us. Don't act like us. Let me let you in on a little hint. They got the same problems you got. They may play out a little different. They got the same issues you got. Tell them your story. We're called to do it in the uttermost ends of the earth. So next Sunday when we talk about Pentecost, 
and we're celebrating Pentecost, we're celebrating the fact that the comforter is here. The encourager is here. Interceder is here. Here. Not here. Here. And because of that, my job is to testify. Father, I thank you for this done. I thank you, God, for so many times we we forget. We focus on the other stuff. But you reminded us today to be grateful and you reminded us today that our responsibility, what you want us to do is to tell our story. come against any fear of telling the story because you might be embarrassed or ashamed. I come against any fear of saying, sharing the story because you're wondering what people may think. I come against any fear, shame of sharing your story because you're wondering how people may receive you afterwards. Give us boldness to share our story in Jesus name we want to at this time give an opportunity for someone to accept the Lord Jesus Christ so the way it works you can't receive the Holy Spirit unless you have first accepted Christ Lord and Savior of your life when that happens then Christ promises to send you the Holy Spirit do all the things that I shared with you earlier. If you've already given your life to Christ or you want to join us as a ministry, join our church. We'll be here up front once service is over. We do have baptisms. Don't forget, so please make your way there to the sanctuary and we'll start baptisms shortly. Now God, may your grace, your peace, and your power keep and sustain us all in Jesus' name. Everybody say, tell it like it is. Love y'all. All students graduating in the class of 2023, please submit your name, GPA, name of school graduating from, and future plans. Also, Ivy High School graduates, our scholarship application is now available on the website. Don't miss the deadline, May 31st at 11.59 p.m. Check the requirements. Young at Heart members, mark your calendar for Norfolk Fellowship Cruise on August 17th. The cost will be $75. 15 by May 28th, we'll reserve your seat. See flyer for payment and plan information.
Sunday Transportation is back on the road. If you need a ride, please call the church office at 757-244-8165 by 4 o'clock p.m. Thursday, May 18th. Area coverage is limited, so reserve your spot today. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Fitness junkies, no workouts with Shannon for May and June. Don't stop working out. She will see all of us in July for Fitness Month. Keep it moving. The Xavier D. Brandon Scholarship Fund is providing monetary rewards for males only. The requirements and criteria are on Ivy's website. Please submit your information to scholarship at ivybaptistchurch.org by June 10th. Don't miss out on funds for school. The First Baptist Church of Denby and Ivy Baptist Church will hold a reconnect. Youth lock-in on Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. at First Baptist Church of Denby. The cost is $10 and you may sign up on May 28th and June 4th immediately after service. students graduating in the class of 2023 please submit your name GPA name of school graduating from and future plans also Ivy High School graduates our scholarship application is now available on the website don't miss the deadline